Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. This weekend, uh, we're going we're gonna to take a break from Romans. Uh, I need it, and maybe you need it. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to go back to the passage that we've been dialed in on in that prayer journey, and it's Isaiah 54.2. So if you have your scriptures, I invite you to turn there with me uh, to Isaiah 54.2. It's a powerful, powerful verse, but we're going to look at a, a couple of the additional verses surrounding Isaiah 54.2 this weekend and, uh, and just kind of say, well, what, what are the implications that we've prayed through and is God saying some things to us and, and is there an application in this portion of scripture for, for our community of faith known as Discovery Point Church? And so this weekend we're talking about this idea of don't hold back, lengthen and strengthen. Don't hold back, lengthen, and strengthen. Now the prophet Isaiah is speaking to Israel's future expansion in the passage. Very important to understand this. He's speaking to their future. He is writing pre-Babylonian captivity. And, and, and so he, he, he's projecting a future, what God's going to do in the future. But in the meantime and in between time, they're going to go through a difficult season in their nation. Jeremiah chapter 29 says that they will go into about a 70-year period of Babylonian captivity. So he's writing pre-Babylonian captivity, but he's actually projecting God's vision for the nation coming out of that captivity. So does that make sense? So that, that's where we're at tonight. That's the context of the passage. Why don't you pray as we before we engage God's word? Father, we take God's word tonight and we pray as we engage it that it engages us. We confess that our mind is alert, that our heart is receptive, that what we will read are more than words on a page. It is your divine inspired truth. So Father, as we prepare to receive the word, we invite the Holy Spirit to teach us, to convict us, to show us, Father, exactly, exactly what the prophet is speaking of and how that applies in our own lives, Father. So be glorified through our time together this weekend. May you be blessed and honored. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen and amen. So as we move into Isaiah 54, if you go back to Isaiah 53, which kind of lays the groundwork, uh, one of the most beautiful, meaningful, sacred passages in all of the scripture. It's that messianic passage, right, referring to Jesus Christ, the, the coming Messiah. And so that beautiful, powerful passage in Isaiah 53 is kind of laying the groundwork for what we will talk about tonight in Isaiah chapter 54. So in, in, in Isaiah 54.1, I'm just going to extract a few things here that are, are applicable to us coming out of this 40 days of prayer. So in Isaiah 54.1, I want you to see that, 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 that the prophet, he exhorts God's people to praise God in spite of life's problems. Notice what he says in 54.1. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. And he's comparing Israel to a barren woman here. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. The, the, the prophet begins with this idea that, that praise, when, when we praise God, 
that we are creating a perspective. And that praise, what it does is it begins to prepare the way for the promise. Notice what the prophet says. I love what he says. Burst into song and shout for joy. Say that with me. Burst into song and shout for joy. It is a powerful prophetic praise. And, and the prophet, he, what he's doing is like when we praise, when we move into that, that environment of praise, even though life is full of difficulty, is it not? Even though life is full of challenges. And so I would just challenge you and I this weekend not to wait upon when things get as we think they should be or, or let's not wait until all of life is well before we declare our praise to the living God. Let's make a choice as His people. Despite what we are experiencing, despite what is coming our way, it doesn't matter. Life's problems are always life's problems. If it isn't one, it's two. If it isn't two, it's four. Life always has its challenges. And so as, as followers of Jesus Christ and people of the living God, we must not wait till all is well to praise His name. And the prophet exhorts the people of God, shout for joy, burst into singing. Then notice what happens in verse 2, which has been the focal point of our 40 days of prayer. He talks about now proceeding by faith into his prepared future for them. This is God's promise to the people, right? They're, they're eventually moving into Babylonian exile. And as they move into that Babylonian exile, it's as if the living God says, do not forget the promise. Do not forget the future that I have for you. Do not forget the vision. Do not forget what I have prepared for you, but to get what God has prepared for his people. We must be people who proceed by faith, by vision. Someone says that vision is the idea to excel beyond the current condition. And that's what God is doing among his people. He says there is a promise, exile and beyond is coming. But as you move forward in life, proceed by faith. God has a future for us. Amen. He has a plan for us. Notice what the prophet says in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. As the prophet lays out Isaiah 54, he says, you've got to move into a, a, an environment of praise despite life's problems. And, and then he says, you've you got to proceed by faith into God's divine future for your life. You've got to proceed by faith. Notice what he says in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. I want you to say that with me, okay? On three. One, two, three. Don't hold back. Okay, now this time we're going to say it. We're not going to hold back. Okay, we ready? We're going to do it on three again. One, two, three. Don't hold back. You see the difference? Look at what, look at what the, look at the prophet. I love this verse. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Look at those words. I mean, it's pretty powerful, right? Enlarge, stretch, don't hold back. 
lengthen and strengthen. I mean, it sounds like work. It sounds like risk. It, it sounds like effort. It sounds like faith. And it's as if that the prophet is saying that, that the length of the rope is based upon the strength of our faith. The length of the rope may be very well based on the strength of our faith. He exhorts the people, you're, you're going to lengthen that rope. You're going to lengthen that rope as if to say, I will provide the rope, you bring the faith. And the amount of rope that I will provide may be directly to the amount of faith that you bring to the rope party. Lengthen and strengthen. It's a powerful visual to think about a tent in and, 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 and Israel's nation. And, and just to think about that tent, a person comes home to that tent every day. And, and now they're hearing these words and they're hearing this exhortation. And they're thinking, man... We're going to enlarge this thing. We've got to find a little more land. And once we do, we're going to stretch the curtains. And then, uh, and, and then we're, we're just going to incrementally improve life. And God's like, no, 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 no. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Lengthen the cord and strengthen the stakes. We must not let familiarity formulate our faith for the future. Right? We, we must not let the moment that we are in the familiarity of, of the moment. We must not let that dictate and formulate our faith moving forward. Does that make sense? We must take this moment and say, you know what? We're, we're willing to reach for what could be, and as we reach for what could be, we might need to let go of what is. As the church of Jesus Christ, We've got to move beyond the idea of what is and become the people of the what could be. And we must not allow what we see to formulate or dictate our faith moving forward in the future. By faith, looking beyond what is to what could be. Lengthen, strengthen. Say that with me. Lengthen, and strengthen. One more time. Lengthen and strengthen. Don't hold back. Lengthen and strengthen. I'm not sure we realize the, the vastness of the mission or the vastness of the harvest, to use biblical terms. So uh, let me just use some general numbers. I'm, I'm speaking in generalities. Are we okay? Say yes, Pastor. It's a we're speaking in generalities here. A couple things I want us to see is that in our city, the city of Peoria, and not all of, us, all of us live in the city of Peoria, but we do, if this is your church home, of course, this is where our church is located. In the city of Peoria currently, there are roughly, we roughly have a population of about 185,000 people. It's pretty general, but not, not too far off, 185,000 people. Let's say this. Let's say that in our city, there are around 100 evangelical Bible-believing churches. Let's just say that. That's kind of a solid number. It may be off a little bit, but let's just say that for illustrative purposes. <clears throat> let's say that those churches on a weekend average 150 people. How many people is that? 100 churches, 150 people. Somebody do the math. 
anybody do the math. If you're waiting on me to do the math, you're hurting. What? 15,000. Thank you. Assumed to be ASU. Man, correct? All right. We, I thought, okay. 15,000 people. Now I want you to think about it. 185,000 in our city, roughly. 100 churches, 15,000 people. Now, let's also throw into that mix uh, Christ Church of the Valley, the Peoria campus. We can't leave them out. Okay? I'm guesstimating on a weekend currently, the Peoria campus, I think, is around 15,000 people. Is that fair to say? That's, I'm general. So now our city, roughly speaking, we have 15,000 plus another 15,000 equals how many? Come on. Roughly 30,000 people that we are saying on a weekend in our city attend some type of local community, evangelical, Bible-believing church. I am not suggesting that all of those people are committed Christ followers of Jesus. I'm just suggesting they have an affiliation with a local church in our city. So we're at 30,000 people, which is about 16.5% of our city's total population. Now think about that. We're at about 16.5% of our city's total population, so that leaves roughly 155,000 people who are not walking in, into any type of local, evangelical, Bible-believing church. Now, I want you to think about that number. About 155,000 people. Roughly, what is that? Roughly 85% of the people who live in the city of Peoria do not attend a local Bible-believing church. I say that to say that the prophet says don't hold back lengthen and strengthen and maybe we need to start asking a more relevant question maybe the question is not how big is your church maybe the question is how big is the harvest surrounding your church how big is the harvest not how big is your church Time and time again throughout my entire life, people want to know, how big is your church? When we want to be asking, how big is the harvest surrounding our church? You see, we don't measure the mission on how many are gathering, but on how many are going. It isn't just the seating capacity of a church that matters, it's ascending capacity as well. Don't hold back. Say it with me, lengthen and strengthen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38, Jesus addresses this. Look at what he says. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom. And he's healing every kind of disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. 155,000 sheep without a shepherd. Go back one, one slide, Stuart, if you don't mind. How many people do you know? It's like a sheep without a shepherd. Who in your world 
Who in your life is a sheep without a shepherd? The scripture goes on to say this. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. This passage is around this idea that, look at what it says. Then he said to them all, go ahead, Stuart. He says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Maybe that's why the prophet says, don't hold back, lengthen and strengthen. That's why we've been praying for 40 days, asking the Lord, what is our part in the harvest? What, what would it look like for us to lengthen and strengthen? And, and what would it look like for this community of faith to, to not focus on so much of what is, but by faith, what could be? What could be? The last thing we see in verse 3 is this idea of preparing the way for future generations. Look at what the prophet says. He says, For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. <clears throat> He's speaking about the coming expansion of the kingdom. He, he's speaking about what Israel will become and eventually... Many commentators believe that he's also referring not just the nation of Israel at this point now, there is this prophetic image of the church. The, the, the prophetic expansion of the church and, and God's church expanding as we see in the book of Acts and, and even to this day. And so he's like, I want you to prepare the way for the future generations. Prepare the way for the future generations. Did you know that you and I are here this evening based upon those who came before us through obedience that we don't even know who they are. Do you understand that? That we are here. There are people who have provided, praying, serving, leading, sacrificing, and giving to this local ministry. It's the only reason we are here, and we don't even know who they are. They prepared the way for the coming generation. And maybe that's our vision right now, is that you and I, we are now preparing the way for the future generations, for this church to be a lighthouse in the darkness, to be the answer, to be the hope that our city is looking for. And we are here because of those who have gone before us. Hebrews chapter 11 just calls them the others. Their name is not even mentioned. They are the others. Maybe we become the others as we move forward, lengthening and strengthening. But I want us to understand we are only here because those who have paved the way before us, some of us might have been our parents or our grandparents or someone who, who loved us and prayed for us, who didn't give up on us, and we're like, I'm only here because they were faithful to God. When we launched this ministry, <clears throat> We had a dream and a vision of being in this area. <clears throat> and we think, we, we believe God was calling us to this area. And, and it's a wonderful thing to have a dream and a vision, but have no money. You ever been there? Sure, you have. And I, I remember one day, <clears throat> we were already on the ground and trying to get Discovery Church out of the ground and, and, and trying to meet and gather and just... 
do whatever we could to, to just get established in this part of the city of Peoria. Lake Pleasant Parkway was a little two-lane road. It went out, and there wasn't much here. <clears throat> and one day I got a phone call. I pulled, uh, was pulling into where Sharon and I and the kids lived at that time, and I got a phone call. <clears throat> and it was our, I believe it was our local associational director. He says, Greg, I got something you might be interested in. There is a small church, I think, of about 50 people in Oklahoma City that want to be a part of what you guys are doing out there. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's great. What, what are we talking about? Well, they, they want to help you maybe leverage land or buy land or purchase something. To, I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. That's great. I got excited. And, and then he said, well, I'm like, well, what, what, what are we talking about here? A few couple grand? 10 grand. I'm like, how much money are this, this small? He said, small church in Oklahoma City. I'm like, all right, we'll take anything, man. He says, I think they're talking about a gift of $200,000. <clears> I said, when do I leave for Oklahoma City? And so me and the gentleman on your far right is Pastor Dennis Adams at the church at Arrowhead. By the way, who blessed this ministry far beyond far beyond their commitment. And Pastor Dennis and I, <clears throat> we flew to Oklahoma City, and uh, this is a picture probably 20 years old. Mayfair Church handing us 200 grand. I would ask you this. How many in the room, if anybody, knows one person from Mayfair Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. I don't think I could name one either. That's the beauty of the kingdom. That is what the prophet is talking about. He's like, your, your descendants, right? Those coming behind us. So, so maybe our vision moving forward at Discovery Point Church is, is, is a lot of it is, is preparing the way for the future generations. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. The generations that some are here in this room tonight, maybe, maybe they're going to come behind us and just build upon a foundation that we build because those of us who have the capacity now to lengthen and strengthen lives will be changed because, because of our obedience and faith. 1792, William Carey, considered the father of modern-day missions, eventually made his way to India and was there many years. When Carey launched that mission, he stood up and he preached out of Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. And the subject of William Carey's message was this. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. I think that's the spirit of Isaiah 54, 1, 2, 3. Expect great things from God. And as you expect those great things from God... Attempt great things for Him. If we fail, why don't we fail by daring greatly? Don't hold back. Lengthen and strengthen. Don't hold back. Surrendering your life to Christ. Don't hold back. If you've never been baptized, don't hold back love and forgiveness and grace. Don't hold back leading 
Don't hold back in being a, a courageous voice in your office or your place of business. Don't hold back by being the very best neighbor you can be in the harvest field. Don't hold back. Let's go all in with Jesus. Amen? Let me give you some takeaways. Coming out of this 40 days, these are general, but I think they're at least a starting point. Number one, Jesus is our everything. No question about it. Jesus is our everything. Number two, we need to praise God in spite of problems. We need to praise Him now, not when things come together, not when things are going well, but praise Him now. Amen? Despite the problems, let's praise Him now. Despite the difficulties, let's praise Him now. It's a decision. It's a choice. And if you were to ask me, Pastor, what is one of the areas that Discovery Point really could, could use some growth in? I would say in our power of praise. I think our vision should be when somebody's driving by and we're in the midst of a worship set, they hear us singing, bursting into songs, shouting for joy. They got to pull in and check it out. That's, that's where I think we really need to grow as a church is, is to come into this room, expectation, ready to praise our Father, leaving the problems at the door, knowing that our praise is preparing the way for the promises that He has for us. Scripture says that He inhabits the praise of His people. Hebrews says that, that the fruit of our lips is praise. Number three, we've got to proceed by faith into his prepared future. Proceed by faith. <clears throat> Number four, prepare the way for future generations. Friends, I want to tell you, God's been good to us in this ministry in many and multiple ways. I want you to hear me. I'm closing the message. Many, multiple ways God's been good to us. from a $200,000 check to people who gave me five bucks and said, Pastor, we're behind you. That's what we got. It's amazing what God can do with $5, but we're behind you. Many people have said over the years, we don't have anything to give, but we're going to pray. And then about halfway through the journey, about 10 years ago, God connected us with some amazing people. At that time was North Point Church, and, and God just brought two ministries together. And, 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 and he strengthened us. He strengthened us. God's been amazing to this ministry. He's done many amazing things. I want to tell one more story. Is that okay? <clears throat> then I'll close. If it isn't, I'm going to tell it anyway. In the spring of 2001... <clears throat> When we were just getting launched, launching, we were, we were trying to get out of the ground, as I said earlier. And so we found Coyote Hills Elementary School, and that, that was our place to meet. It was a brand new school at the time. They were just finishing up construction, and they let us uh, come into that school and <clears throat> became our home for a while. And when we, when we went into the, the Kappa Gematorium thing, all you Peoria people, you know what I'm talking about, right? It was new, it was nice, it was big, and, and they had these, these lunch, the, the lunch table and the bench folded down. You guys know what it looked like? Yeah, so the bench folded down, and you had this long lunch thing, and, 
and they were portable. They can move them around to have space for the things. And so when we saw those, we're like, man, those are nice. They're new. They're shiny, but they're uncomfortable. And so they said, well, you can set them up for your church. And we're like, That's, we appreciate your generosity, but we, we think we want some chairs. And so the problem with the chairs was we didn't have budget for chairs. And so uh, I was, one day I was sharing, I live in an apartment with the kids and and uh, I said, I, I think I'm going to go just check out the chairs. And so we didn't have any money, no budget for chairs. So I left the apartment, which is across from the, uh, what used to be the Coyote Ice Den on 83rd. I'm not sure what it is now. We lived across the street, and I was pulling out of our apartment, heading north to Bell Road. And when I got up to Bell Road and 83rd Avenue, there was an old house on the right. Right now, it's where the, uh, what's the hamburger place? In-N-Out Burger sits there now. And every time we would drive by, we're like, is that dude ever going to sell that place? He's doing well. And I headed east on Bell Road. Now, I was going east on Bell Road. I was headed to the Costco, which was at 59th and Bell back in the day. And I was going only to price chairs. We didn't have money. I'm just going to go do my due diligence, do my research, be ready to go, you know. And, and have you ever wanted something and, and you wanted it, but you didn't have the money for it? But, but you went to look at it anyway, and when the person said, can I help you, and you said, oh, I'm just looking, which is code for, I don't have any money. I'm just research, right? You've done that. You're like, oh, no, I'm just checking out this 75-inch TV. It's fine. You know you don't have money, so you just kind of like, oh, no, I'm just looking. And, man, I was going, that's what I was going to do, research, look. And, and I'm driving east on Bell Road, and my phone rang. And I pick up the phone. I recognize another Oklahoma number, and the guy on the other end says, uh, Greg, you don't know me, <clears throat> but I'm with such and such church in such and such city. He said, we heard you needed some chairs. I'm like, yeah, we'd love to have some chairs. I said, in fact, I'm, I'm driving to Costco right now to check out some chairs. He says, when you get there, buy the chairs. I'm like, how, how many chairs can I buy, sir? He's like, buy as many chairs as you need. I'll send you a check tomorrow. That's a picture of those corny chairs. You probably have one in your house. They're kind of this color. They're small. They fold. Buy the chairs. What did God teach me in that moment? God taught me this. Sometimes to find out, you've got to step out. To find out, you got to step out. To find out, you got to step out. Sometimes, unless you step out, you never find out. God's been good to this ministry. I will say this we have been strengthened. We sense. We sense now is a time to lengthen. Amen? We've been strengthened. Now is a time maybe to take another season of being lengthened. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for our time together. We pray, Lord, that we will praise you now despite life's problems. We will not allow the problems of life to dictate our passion to praise you. 
Father, we will commit to proceed forward by faith in your prepared future for us. Even though we're not sure what that is, Father, right now we want to enlarge, we want to stretch, we don't want to hold back, we want to lengthen, we want to strengthen. And then, Lord, we want to be prepared, not only for now, but for those future generations as they come through here. Father, let us see the vastness of the harvest field. We, we're so thankful for what you've done in our city through the years, but Lord, we want to look forward to what you want to do with other believers in our city, with other churches, and Father, specifically for this ministry. I pray for those of us that call this our church home, that our faith will not be held back, but we are prepared in obedience to lengthen and strengthen. Stepping out to find out. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.
Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.